Simon Donato, welcome to the show, Calgary Living Real Estate and Lifestyle. What a pleasure to have you here. Yeah, thank you very much. Good to be here. As I was preparing for the, as I was, actually, Simon, you and I met, you don't remember, but uh, we met in Newfoundland on uh, a race called, I think it was Raid the North, something extreme, five or seven days of adventure racing in, the, in, in, in Newfoundland, probably about 2001 or was it 1999? 2001, yeah. Well, you were a kayak guide back then, right? I was, yeah, on the East Coast as well, Prince Edward Island well, on, and all over Atlantic Canada. But at that time, for whatever reasons, you had already maybe been on Eco Challenge or maybe you were going. I knew about you and you did very well at that race, you and your what, three other teammates. That's right. Yeah, that was uh, Raid the North Extreme 2001. Would have happened in what June or July, and uh, yeah, we had a good race there. I finished a little outside of the podium spot, but yeah, that kind of set me up for Eco Challenge that year, and that was in New Zealand in October of 2001. Okay, good. And uh, how many how many of those uh, sort of uh, Eco Challenges have you done? Was it just the one, or did you do more? Well, I did two two official Eco Challenge races, and then I mean many, many adventure races, but Mark Burnett stopped running them for about 20 years after 2000, well, 2002, when did they resume? They, they ran one in 2019, 2018, I think, in Fiji. So, you know, there was a pretty substantial pause there, but uh, I did Eco Challenge New Zealand, Eco Challenge Fiji. Cool. Simon, so, how would, on a, an elevator pitch, how would you introduce yourself I mean, it's stoked oaks, fuel the fire within. I love it from everything I've known about you since, I guess it's been more than 20 years. You live that lifestyle. I saw that on your, your email kind of signature, fuel oh, the fire yeah. within. Tell us a little bit about your current situation. You're in Calgary and, and tell us what's going on in your life. Yeah, the elevator pitch is, it's a tough one. It depends on who I want to be on that day. But, you know, I've lived here in Calgary with my wife and son. We're in Parkdale, a beautiful, beautiful location there, close to the river, right on a park, really, really great spot. And uh, we're loving it. You know, uh, outside of that, what pays the bills is, is Stoked Oats. Started this company, some buddies back in 2011. That's when we, we had the idea and incorporated the company. We started selling oatmeal blends in 2012. And now we sell uh, superfood oatmeal and granola across the country, just launching our granola line right now. And uh, so that's exciting. We're selling in the U.S. as well. So, you know, we've, we've had a good run and uh, still have some, some pretty uh, sizable goals ahead of us that we're chasing down. The team's growing. We operate out of um, an office space in uh, the east part of town, right, just a little south of Inglewood. So, you know, that's kind of my professional life. For a while there, I had the television show Boundless. So I was uh, you know, a professional ultra-endurance athlete, television host, and producer. That was an idea that I created with another buddy of mine. We sold back in 2012, and that's still on the air. So that was pretty exciting. Ended up writing a book following that called The Boundless Life, which uh, kind of encapsulated a lot of learnings from you know, my years uh, doing the television show, other expeditions, and what I had learned about business, Stoked Oats in particular. And then for kicks, when I can squeeze it in right now, is Adventure Science, which is our nonprofit organization. And uh, essentially that, that kind of marries all my, my extracurricular passions, which it's, you know, I have a PhD in geology. So there's, there's the exploration and science piece of it. And then there's the uh, endurance portion where adventure science puts 
athletes and researchers together to accomplish uh, difficult field-based projects in uh, remote locations. So that is the extended elevator pitch. Otherwise, I just, just a Calgarian doing my best. I was trying to like chase you down. Oh, well, not really chase you down too much. You're pretty, pretty okay getting on. But I was, I, I had a chuckle a couple of days ago. Maybe it was Saturday, maybe it was Sunday. When I saw on Strava, our, our, our common friend, Myron, posted on Strava, you know, 25 or 20 kilometer run or something. And he titled it, um, Stoked Oaks Board Meeting. <laughs> That's right. So yeah, Myron is, you know, he's a, he's a member of our board. He's the chairman of our board at Stoked Oats. He's been with the company as an investor since 2015, I believe. And one of the other board members, Brad, is a, is a co-founder as well. So, you know, when the schedules align, we will just get together and hit the Calgary pathways, run down by the river for a little catch up, a little bit of life and some business as well. So that's how we like to do our board meetings, a lot more fun than doing it indoors. Active crew. That's awesome. And so you, you come from this kind of, you know, well, like sort of geology and all kinds of education. It seems like around the earth and obviously a real love of the, the adventure and, you know, the outdoor experiences. And, and now you have this dope dog business and I, that, that business, I assume ran out of, or, or started out of fine you know, your own nutrition and for, for just to power yourself. And, you know, it seems like now it's a, you know, in my perspective, maybe, you know, is, is a fairly big brand you're in Costco. And I think we found lots of great stores. Um, what was it like being like from, you know, that, I guess you're an academic, you're an adventurer, and now you're running a food business. How does it all, and you know, with a young family, right? How old's your boy? Three, I'm guessing? He's three, yeah. <laughs> How is that, you know, you know, are you, you're living your stoke and, uh, and it's all working out. It's, you know, did, did you ever think that this is the direction? Were you always going to be an entrepreneur, even with all that education kind of and degrees? Uh, I think so. I think it was always uh, part of my DNA to, yeah. uh, to chase and uh, follow my own path. I mean, I remember, God, it must have been seven, eight years old. This is back in the day when kids could just wander around the neighborhood without adult supervision and they were generally safe to do so. This is in London, Ontario, where I spent most of my years growing up. And it was Halloween and I wanted to make a few bucks. And I made these little tissue paper ghosts, you know, drew some eyes on it, tied a little string around just below a cotton ball underneath anyways nothing fancy something to hang up on around and sold them for a dime or a nickel or whatever it was but you know it was always I always had my head like I want to do something I want to create things and uh, typically I wanted to create things that didn't exist if they existed I wouldn't have needed to create them so yeah I've got a track record of, of entrepreneurial projects for sure when I was 18 I started a mountain bike center behind my house uh, we backed onto a ski hill Gorman Ski Club Boulder Mountain in London and uh, built that mountain bike center out of nothing um, with help from the management at uh, the club and that paid for university for me so that was pretty exciting and then adventure racing hey, what, what? What would that would be early 90s? I'm guessing mid 90s. That would have been 1993, I believe. 93, 94. Wow. Yeah. So early days of mountain biking. And yeah. again, I fell into it with my buddies. We loved it. Every spare moment we could have, we mountain biked. And Bowler Mountain was 110 acres, uh, mostly forested, and you weren't allowed to, to use it. And it just seemed like so strange to me that you got this beautiful park 
land uh, right behind your house. I mean, of course, we walked there all the time, but um, we're not allowed to ride the bike. So, you know, put a proposal together, took it to the GM and said, hey, this is a great spot. We can make some money doing this, sell day tickets, give rental and lessons and things like that. And um, yeah, built out into something pretty awesome. And it still runs to this to this day. So that's that's exciting. Then got into the adventure racing game and realized that, you know, it was a little bit of the Wild West with whoever wanted to put on a race or do whatever, there were no guidelines, there was no safety charter, environmental charter. And, you know, I, I led uh, that initiative. We created the Canadian Adventure Racing Association and uh, that's still around as well. The big benefit now is that it still has its, its legacy charters and it provides a really great group rate for insurance. Because I mean, these races are expensive to put on and, uh, Back in the in the day, in the late '90s and early 2000s, race insurance was was prohibitive for race directors. So mm-hmm. I built built out a group policy that you know provided that the race directors signed on and agreed to follow you know the safety charters that we had produced in in cooperation with insurers and legal team. You know now it's pennies on the dollar kind of thing. So it's it's brought the barrier down and Good. made racing a little safer and more consistent across the country. So yeah, that, those were all there before, before Stoked Oats and before Adventure Science. So I had, I had the inkling for sure, but you know, you, you take the academic path when it spits you out at the end, you got a few options and you know, you can try and continue on in academia. And at that point I had a little bit of fatigue from being in school for so long and what year did you graduate for your final degree PhD? With I'm thinking it was late 2010-ish or something like that. 2008. From looking, from 2008. looking at and did you come to Calgary at that time? When did you move to Calgary for the first time? Yeah, I came out here just ahead of Valentine's Day, 2008. I received the job offer from Imperial Oil uh, probably around October, November of that year, and took that. And it was it was interesting because I also had a job offer from the Toronto Fire Department. At the same time. So it was like two very different paths. And, you know, Imperial was I'm using my degree. It's obviously a very well-paying job, interesting work. Fire department, you know, 24-hour shifts. You're working eight days a month. So there's a lot of free time to, to do fun things and have some <laughs> buddies who were working there. So anyways, yeah, I made the choice. Interesting. Came out here in 08. Did, um, and, you, and you lasted there for how long before taking the the full on leap of uh, into entrepreneurship and stoked oaks well lasted is a, is a funny way to put it but uh, yeah i is it I true there. was it lasted or did you love your work uh, it depends on the day but you know at, at the end of the day my, my true passion was was chasing down adventure science and, and boundless stoked oaks though wouldn't have started if i didn't if i didn't take the job with imperial when it came out here i decided an amazing pathway system in Calgary. Like I said, we're I've been in Parkdale for a long time, mm-hmm. and uh, perfect distance to uh, Fifth Avenue Place, which is where the job used to be. So I'd run or bike to work every day, and consequently, eating cereal at home before I ran in just didn't excuse me sit well in the stomach anymore. So I started looking for for things to help me when I got to the office and something I could make there. And so I started messing around with oatmeal recipes and. Found some recipes that I liked, became the oatmeal guy on the floor. People started asking me to bring them the mixes that I was having. Mean, I was adding greens, plus powder, protein powder, seeds, nuts, fruit, whatever. So I'd literally uh, fill my backpack with little Ziploc bags of, of oatmeal for people. Uh, it was kind of a strange time. 
but that's that's really what what launched oats for me and then you know i met up with brad who's you know a long time buddy of mine now and together we started stoked oats back in uh, 2011 so that if, if it wasn't for a uh, corporate job at imperial oil stoked oats wouldn't exist and uh, you know we wouldn't have created a number of jobs and opportunities for various calgarians and uh, people across the country as well nice. as provide you know uh, what i think is uh, the best uh, superfood oat-based product on the market so it's, it's pretty thrilling when you look back on it it is awesome and so what strikes you most about calgary any thoughts come to mind Oh, I, I love Calgary. It's, it's such a beautiful city. You know, I, I love being near the core. For me, that's, that's the heart of the city. Uh, I'm certainly less a fan of, of urban sprawl anywhere. You know, to me, you got to avoid the house farms wherever you can. But Calgary, it's, it's, it's a beautiful city. It's a clean city. Like I mentioned, the pathway system is, is remarkable. You can get anywhere quickly. I love the climate out here. And certainly the accessibility to a uh, fantastic terrain in the mountains. And, you know, I've just been able to meet so many like-minded people uh, like yourself, obviously, we met through sport again out here. You know, it's just, it, it's such a wonderful spot for it. I, I like the, uh, the sales tax regime out here and Calgary's, Calgary's been good to me. So I, I have a lot of good feelings for the city, for sure. As I think of your time that you moved here, I think you mentioned around Valentine's Day 2008. Um, So in October of 2008, we had our market crash all over North America, but certainly in Calgary as well. I'm wondering how um, you've been affected or I sort of suspect your mindset hasn't been affected too much by the boom bust cycle of Calgary because you're like so focused on your, you know, your things that you're doing, whether it's Boundless or Avenger Science or, you know, your own business, Stoked Oats. It, am I right? Or have you noticed, do you notice the boom bust cycle? I mean, I notice it because I'm in real estate and I see homeowners affected all the time on our boom bust cycle. Do you notice it, Simon? I, I've noticed it. It's, it's something that we pay attention to. It's, it's the reason that we went with stoked oats as a, a food commodity versus uh, something else. So, you know, we wanted to create something that it was essentially recession-proof. People need to eat. It was actually stoked oats or uh, craft brewing back in 2011. And man, if we had hit craft brewing then, we probably would have beat everybody else to the punch by about three to five years. And wow. that could have been a good story too. But we, Brad and I both dove into the research and uh, looked at the market opportunity. And anyways, I'm getting off topic. But you know, point being, I certainly see it with, with Calgary. But that said, I think if you have a business that you know, is removed from the, from the resource sector a little bit, is a little bit more national uh, in scope than, you know, Calgary's a phenomenal place to do business. For us in particular, it's, it's worked to our favor. You know, we've, we've purchased houses here since, and, you know, it's, it's a very fair market to do business in. You know, there's still good demand on both sides, so it doesn't seem to be any, any falling off there. I mean, and Calgary's a major metropolitan city. I was literally just explaining this to my wife, who's from Florida, just a little bit north of Miami, and she's like, God, sometimes I'm like, I live in Calgary. Like, I didn't even know about Calgary growing up. I'm like, but it's, it's top five, uh, top 15 cities in North America in terms of size. Like, it's over a million people. I mean, that's just biased education. That's not because, you know, we're a little, little off the grid city here. I mean, yeah. we're, we're a legit player. And, you know, so it's, 
I don't know. It's kind of a, a small guy syndrome, maybe being in Calgary. But you know, I think in in my world, it's it's been pretty steady, and I've I've appreciated that. And Calgary is still our stronghold for hotels, even though we've spread out across mm-hmm. the country. And um, yeah, so you know, I I don't know. On the real estate side, I think it's it's obviously a little bit different. But well, excellent. Well, Simon, I wanted to have you on the show and I wanted to respect your time and our listeners' time. Um, yes. Just a couple of other questions. Let's see. If you had a billboard, it could be in Calgary or Miami or anywhere in the world. What would the billboard say? In Miami. But if, if I had a billboard, it would be, be talking about stoked oats. and Fuel the fire big, within. <laughs> big, big breakfast, a bowl of oatmeal there. And have you eaten your breakfast today? Yeah, stoked oats, fuel the fire within. You know, it's, I think, I think that's, yeah, my head's, my head's in the business right now. And it's, it's feeding people some, some wholesome and hearty. But yeah, if it was about me, it's definitely chase the stoke and, and fuel the fire. Chase the stoke. Love it. Fuel the fire. Okay. I can't, I have to ask you one more question. You seem like the kind of guy ever since I've known you more than 20 years now and following you and, you know, watching what you've done and the cool things you've got, you really follow your heart. If, if you, what, what advice would you tell your younger self? That is a very good question. You know, boy, I think that, I think the big advice is, you know, continue to follow your heart and follow your gut and uh, almost unreservedly. It's, it's never proven me wrong. And uh, I got some advice uh, a few years ago that it's going to sound negative, but it's still in the same vein. And it's when I had to make a difficult decision at work and it was, you know, you've in hindsight, we've never, we've never let somebody go soon enough. Right. And I took that to heart more than just like the business situation, but it's like when your gut is telling you something and you just, you wake up with that feeling day after day, you really have to act on it. And, you know, I know we can all get complacent in, in our daily lives and, you know, there's a little bit of uh, fear of change, but, you know, I think it's incumbent on us to, to face those fears, fears head on and, you know, make that decision every single day in terms of like, are you going to, are you going to listen to what your gut's telling you? Otherwise mm. time, time moves pretty darn quickly. And you know, the, the regrets that I have in life, there are, there are some for sure. And it's really not, not acting on that gut instinct mm. soon enough, typically. And I don't think it would have steered me in the wrong path. It probably would have taken me places sooner rather than later, but feel, yeah. feel, feel your belly, feel your guts. <laughs> yeah. So that gut, the guts, the driver. And uh, you're feeding it well, Simon, with your stoked oak. Listen, thank you so much for being on the show. We look forward to uh, further connections and trail runs. Well, I was going to say, yes, we've got to get out on the trail. I know you've been uh, in ski mode lately, and I'm just uh, really haven't been touring much. So I'll have to change that up in the next uh, month or two. I hope so. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe I can convince you on the um, hitting uh, the Canadian Rockies. 11,000 footers. There's a 58 that we can do. <laughs> 58, 11,000 footers. I do have to, I do have to work that into my schedule. Well, I mean, it's, it's the big shift, right? From just running for fitness and like specific race goals to now, Hey, there's a hell of a backyard uh, yes. 45 minutes away from us that we should explore. So I hear you. Let's do it. Simon. Thanks so much. We'll talk soon. My pleasure. Thank you. See you now. All right. Take care.